Many people, they choose known hells. They choose unhealthy relationships, unfulfilling jobs, toxic friendships, harmful addictions over unknown heavens. And why do they do that? Because these people fear conflict and they fear change. They don't want to fight. They don't want to battle to get better. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, the show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. Welcome to Mission Driven with AC Cristales. Guys, gals, I have a great guest on today's podcast. This is an interview that I recorded last week with Josh Tovar, who actually drove all the way from El Paso, Texas to my home studio in Dallas, Texas to record this interview. Man, we had a great time. We enjoyed some great barbecue with our families at Hutchins Barbecue in McKinney, Texas. And of course, Josh shared some great insights to help educators all over the world. Here's the interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast with AC Cristales. Today, I have the honor of interviewing one of the top principals in the state of Texas. And I know this firsthand because last year, I had the privilege to empower his students through my empowerment talks. And I also had the chance to serve his staff through one of my professional development programs. And so again, I witnessed with my very own eyes the wonderful and great things he and his staff are doing for his school community. So without further ado, allow me to introduce to you all the way from El Paso, Texas, from the flagship high school, Socorro High School's principal, Josh Tovar. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. It's it's awesome, and those kind, very kind words. Appreciate your your words. They're awesome. Thank you. Definitely, man. Definitely. You know, uh, one of the things that I want to do. So I'm going to try something different for you know this 2020 podcast season. So before we get into the meat of the interview, I quickly want to break the ice with you. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat for about okay. 30 seconds. I'm going to ask you 30 seconds worth of questions. And all you got to do is just give me the an answer. All right, you ready? Go. All right, so let me go ahead and set up the timer real quick. Okay, here it goes. Three, two, one. All right, dogs or cats? Dogs. Favorite movie? Gladiator. Favorite sports scene? Rudy getting lifted up from the at the end of the movie. Okay, coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite athlete? Uh, at this point... Tyson. Okay. Best concert you've ever been to? Kiss. Uh, uh, Dark in the Shade. All right. Very good. One place you want to travel to? I would like to travel to Sweden. Uh, no, there you go. It's okay. Finish Sweden it up. With the aurora. I want to see the Aurora Borealis with my kids in one of those icy through caves. Awesome, man. All right. Very good, man. All right. Very good. So, um, this started out by giving the listeners a bit of information about your family, your education, your career background. Well, there you go. I mean, that little activity just woke up my dent right. So <laughs> thank you. you. Like that? Well, yeah, you woke me up. Good. You know what? I've been very blessed, Casey, to have um, a lot of experiences with life thanks to my family environment. You know, very fortunate to have that. I wasn't born in this country. I was born in Ciudad Juarez, right across the border from El Paso. And we migrated to um, El Paso in the late 70s. And it was my mom's dream because my mom was, uh, I'm very blessed to have parents that were very hardworking. And they were, it was a true dichotomy to have them in my life because one was a, a worker, labor, mm -hmm. and my mom was education focused. And so when we lived in Juarez, my mom worked on her bachelor's. And so she would make the effort to have two elementary age children and transfer them every day or every other day, depending on her schedule, to UTEP. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And that was a migration in itself. And then along the way, the bus routes would take us to the Cielo Vista area, which is a affluent part of the city during that time. And then my mom says, where do you guys want to live? I remember that, com- that, that comment. Mm-hmm. And I said, this would be a nice place. And she said, she made it happen. Okay. She made it happen. And from that point on, I saw her earn her bachelor's and my dad was working in Mexico, in Juarez. Mm-hmm. So my dad was earning Mexican pesos mm-hmm. to pay for an American mortgage. And then there was a devaluation of the peso. So I would see him work, put in the work. And so seeing those two things, a woman that lived in a different country, earning her bachelor's through scholarships via Lydia Patterson, a Methodist institution. Okay. And I have a father that would earn a different currency to pay an American mortgage to make sure that their children were set was something that now as an adult, I'm in awe of. I bet. And so it's one of those things where that in itself, it's the drive, the inertia saying that, si se puede, nomás sigue echando que ganas. That's right. <laughs> sigue echando because you know what? It doesn't matter. If you have the wherewithal, yeah. it can be done. And I saw it within my two parents. So when we came over here, we settled in that little area of El Paso, which is the sale of this area. And that was made pretty much populated by military. And it's all American, Anglo, whatever term, semantical term you want to use. At that time, colonels, majors, that whole area was very affluent. So here comes in these Mexican people. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that time. And we moved in. And we went through the theater pattern there. I was not a very good student. Okay. I was the opposite. I was that student at risk. EL, as <laughs> one of your previous um, presenters had here in the podcast. Uh, and we had a situation where my parents were divorced. And so I went through, you know, an age of divorce and mm-hmm. rebellion and all those things. But in the end, my mom always kept us focused to making sure even though she wasn't with us, to get the education. And so, because I was such a, in my, my term, a failure in high school, mm-hmm. because I chose not to focus on what my academics were, uh, my brother had gone to the Marines, and I wanted to give back to my country. So mm-hmm. I wanted to sign my contract to go to the Marines. But I was 17 at my graduation, and they wouldn't allow me unless I was 18. Okay, wow. So my, my mom... She's the one that said, look, I'll let you go to the Marines, but you have to go to the reserve because I know that you'll get your education. You could be like your brother and go see the whole world. Mm -hmm. But what has he done? And so, you know, one of those things. And so we ended up going there. She goes, look, and you like to read history books. You like to read history books. And you've always been a, a historian. And so that was where the foundation was set to where I became a history teacher and my bachelor's. My, my bachelor's in um, uh, history, minor in education. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I moved on to get a couple more degrees. But in the background, that's my family. Yeah, for my sure. family is someone that migrated to this country that took it upon themselves to take advantage of everything that is offered in this country. Mm-hmm. And based on hard work, on what I saw my dad do, based on education, when my mom pushed and she became a science teacher okay. in a lower social economic high school, mm-hmm. called Jefferson High School, those two things combined is what gives me my foundation as a person. So I've been very blessed to see those things. For sure. That's awesome, man. I want to uh, go back real quick and just say, because you mentioned something about, you know, in high school, you didn't, 
you know, you, you kind of, you really didn't do as well as you would have liked. Now, looking back, right? Right. Okay. So why do you think that was? Because, you know, I understand sometimes, you know, I may have some listeners who, who are, you know, starting college or, or still in high school, right? You just never know who's listening. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's good for them to, to know that, hey, just because you didn't do so well as a teenager doesn't mean you can't be successful later in life. So, you know, we had a situation in my divorce okay. at an early age, early stages of high school to where I took it upon myself. At that age, you don't understand what's going on with your parents' divorce. And we all have our dark clouds. We all have our obstacles that we live. And as a grown adult, you know, reflect upon that. And it was a rebellion. I would do, and I'm not happy to saying this, but I was a kid. And, you know, I would play that. Well, I'm going to go with mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to go with dad. Okay. You know, the, the inner spoiled child mm-hmm. who was, was meeting my needs, my immediate gratification of my parents okay then you come with me you come with me and during that time my mom just totally and it's a dark period of our family that she dissolved mm-hmm. she moved she just cut away from uh us okay and at that moment my dad had um already bought another house in juarez so he started becoming well off okay and it was a situation where he was caring for me but not really caring for me so i had a lot of independence my junior and senior year and there, that's where I fell off the the wagon. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. went totally crazy. I did things I shouldn't have done. But you know what? In, in, innate, what had they had laid a foundation, the seed that was the dedication and the hard work. Mm-hmm. I always did what was enough to pass. I didn't want them on my kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the teacher would say, I need you to come here for this and this and this. I would do that. You need to get 100 of the final to pass. I would do okay. that. Whatever it took. Because they showed me, irregardless of the dysfunction that was yeah. my family, as you stated so much, mm-hmm. your past does not define you. Exactly. The actions of your of the adults don't define who you are. I need to make sure that I also, there's stigma, and it still happens in today's education where teachers say the inappropriate things to kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that if you tell me um, you can't, I say, I'll prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I use that as For Kindle. Sure. I use that as fire. And so there were teachers who were saying that, Josh, you're not going to do anything in life. No, you're you're a loser. You're going to go down through this path. You're never going to be successful. I needed that as the kindle to light the fire. So I decided to go off and have a fun time in high school. Mm -hmm. What? Breaking rules, yeah, yeah. illegal, doing the things, and you know, I don't do the kids. We get, we get mad at for the exactly. kids. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's called karma, right? That's right. <laughs> but that was ingrained, and it's also free will. Yeah, no doubt. It's free will at what has been established by your parents and what you're going to do and what you're not going to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. in the future. So I'm very blessed that I had these people as role models and also that they instilled in me mm-hmm. that you will be successful. For sure. That's what I was going to, I was thinking about as you were talking about, man, if anything, yeah, you know, you had teachers who said you weren't going to do well, but you had a mom who said, Hey, I believe in you. Right. So you had the high expectations. And so much, so, so many times that's, what's important, right? The expectations that come from parenting. Right. Right. And so we see that with, with some of our best kids, I was talking to somebody the other day, like you think about the kids who, who, you know, 90% of the time they do the right things. Most of the time, they have good parenting. They have strong parenting who have these high expectations on them, you know? So definitely, man, you sounds like you had a, you have a wonderful mom, man. So that's great. Yes. yes. She um, passed away 
Um, like I said, we, we were detached for many years. And in the end, uh, she got very sick one day. And um, she bled in the brain. Oh. And for the last six years of her life, I was her only caretaker. So it's it's weird how God works. Mm -hmm. We were detached for many years. We would be that cycle of people that would see each other on Christmas. Mm -hmm. Maybe Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But then um, because of her uh, illness, I ended up being her caretaker. And it was one of the things that brought us together again. And so whatever her messages were... Whatever her vision was, I picked up a lot of that, and I make sure that her life, her memory, her vision is still living through me Definitely. with what you see at our school, for sure. at Socorro High School, and the legacy, man. You know, Most the definitely. legacy that you're doing is, is you can all attribute to you know your foundation. You know, for sure. So let's talk about that, man. So now you know you're you're the principal at Socorro High School. So let's you know this this podcast is is specifically dedicated to help people with their journey, man, whether it's professional or personal, and right. And one of the things that I strongly believe is that we all we all have a mission. We all have a God-given purpose. So what is your life's mission and how does that align to the work that you do as a principal? You know what, AC? I've evolved as the older that I get with my own children now. I used to see life differently when I started in education in the early 90s as compared to right now. Mm -hmm. I've evolved as I've been involved with more levels of uh, education uh, i've been blessed to have experienced uh, working at the elementary at the middle school at the high school level being uh working at uh, different universities also affects okay. my education yeah. so i've seen the whole the gamut yes sir and having all those experiences and all those people's conversations i've evolved from being someone that helps kids to making sure that we help society that's good one of the, I'm sad to say this publicly, but everyone knows me. I'm a Washington Redskins fan. That's hey, you're not, you're not feeling so good right <laughs> now, right? They all. got that beat down I'm yesterday. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> then I'm here in Dallas. I know. <laughs> and there was a player there, and I, I talked to our team about this yeah. at school, and that's what my current vision is. His name was Dexter Manley. Dexter Manley was a defensive end for the Washington Redskins, who was just a beast in the field. Okay. Everyone, he terrorized quarterbacks. You see game film of him. It was just amazing to see him. Yet, yeah, he was a functioning, functioning illiterate. Mm, okay. They just said, oh, you're a ball player. Oh, you're a ball player. Pass him on. Yeah. Pass him on. Pass him on. Yeah. He got involved in drugs or, or an orange jumpsuit. And so it's my job right now. I feel that working with an awesome team that I have, with the administrators, with security, with the cafeteria workers, with the custodial staff, with everybody on our campus, that we provide our kids with the best opportunities to where they do not walk down Dexter Manley's path, sure. that they're educated, that if they have a talent such as football or playing the trumpet, we enhance it. No more orange jumpsuits and you know what that starts off since the elementary yeah definitely if you if you've been you've been mm -hmm. in elementary and yep. you've seen this to where it goes why do kids start becoming rebels in fourth grade mm -hmm. when they used to run to school in kinder in first and second grade exactly there's something that happens within our system that creates that system my vision is to make sure that i provide the kid the support to whatever their talent is I tell them, if you want to be the next Tiesto, Anoki, mm -hmm. if you want to be a DJ, 
Frills or Mar- the next Marshmallow mm-hmm. guy, <laughs> Marshmallow Man. That's fine. Yeah. Try to get a ticket to go see them. Yeah. They make a lot of money. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I always need you to have a plan B, which is your education. So you're going to be an engineer or a DJ. I don't care. Follow your big dream. There you go. Make sure that you do what you have to do, but that you're educated so that no one takes advantage of you. Because in the end, that's what happens a lot of times. How many millionaires have we seen throughout our lives, your life and my life, mm-hmm. I'm older than you, that we've seen that on news and on the news and media, they are millionaires and then they're broke. Yep. They need to be educated. Exactly. I like that. I like that point. So I was, I was thinking a couple of things as you were talking about, because you talked about Dexter Manley, and so he was an illiterate, right? But he was a football player. And so what, what happens a lot is that labeling theory, right? So you get labeled. So let's say, because you talk about it, kinder, first, second, they're excited, but then third grade. Well, now they don't do so on the star exam. They don't, they don't make the right choices all the time. So what happens is, well, he's a troubled kid. And you keep hearing that label so much, man, you you can live up to it. And that's that's the sad reality, especially especially when they don't have strong parenting to be like, hey, no, you're not that. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you made a poor choice, but you're not that. And you have kids. I have a daughter. Man, I know she's not always going to make the right choices. But at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, what did you learn from this? Correct. Okay. You, yeah, you messed up. You did the wrong thing. But what did you learn from this? And so what, what, what stinks in society, man, is that 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 parent foundation is not as strong as it used to be and so i love what you said man but it's not so much just helping kids you want to help society because that's what it's about man when when we're when we're old man we want to make sure that the kids that we serve man that they're they're functional and they're they're kind all these things man that that you don't really find in society now so i I love that you that you said that man i remember two things that a substitute told me at bonham elementary okay Know that it's rare to remember something a substitute teacher mm-hmm. tells you in elementary in the, er, in the early 80s. He said two things in that state. Whatever you're going to do, be the best at it. That coincides with the, what my parents taught me. If you're going to be a dog catcher, be the best dog catcher. If you're going to go sweep streets, be the best one, whatever it might be. And number two... And he was sarcastic. Well, you know, in yeah. the late 70s, you know, so yeah. there's still a lot of sarcasm. Trust me. <laughs> Yet he said, if you're going to be the future of this country, you better be better prepared. So you listen to all your teachers. Yeah. Because you're going to be taking care of me. Exactly. So you need to be well prepared and be the best at whatever you do. Those two things have always stayed in the back of my mind. And I keep on projecting that concept yeah. to all the team members that I have. Because, you know, it's going to be a collective. It's going to be all of us. Yeah. Especially in, in a beautiful school that I worked at with 2,439 kids. Yeah. It's spreading that message nonstop. Yeah. Make sure you let them know we're here for you to be the best that you can be. Exactly. Consistency. You know, consistency is key. And uh, another thing real quick before we go into the next question, because you touched on this and I just want to make sure that, that the listeners get this, is that, look, we're preparing our kids for the future. And whether that means they go into higher ed or I love what you said, or whether that means they want to pursue being a DJ or being a barber, or whatever. Right. But at the end of the day, get your education. And that's what I tell my students. Okay, you don't want to get a degree, that's fine. But you better learn something. You better get some knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I said, because even that that social media influencer, or even that YouTube entrepreneur, or whatever now, because you know technology is just changing the game. Trust me, they're learning something, right? They're learning algorithms. They're yes. learning what works, what, what doesn't. So just because you see and they have you know a million followers, make sure you have to know that they put in the grind to get to that, right? So I love that you said that, man. 
It's all work ethic. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's the Kardashians on their social media or the innovator, Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. That's where it started off. Yeah. You know, it, you still got to put in the work. Exactly. As compared to that doctor, that general, that admiral that takes care of a aircraft carrier. It's about putting the work, making sure that you look at the whole picture for yeah. your success. For sure. For sure. So speaking about, you know, social media and technology and, and how it's changed the game. One of the things that I love about you and what you do, man, you use social media a lot, right? You utilize it a lot and to showcase, not, and it's not about you, man, but it's to showcase what you do, the programs that you do at your school. Uh, some of the things that just jump off the, uh, off my mind right now are the, when you go into the community, into the supermarkets and you go and you visit people, man, and, and the stuff that you do for your, for your custodians, janitorial staff. So all that, and you showcase that, right? My question to you is, what were the motivating forces that led you to use social media in the manner that you do? I'm very blessed that I work in an outstanding district in Socorro Independent School District um, that is very progressive in everything that, it's, that it does. And I had been working for 23 years in a neighboring district and had been doing some social media because I was in charge of a um, academy, a medical magnet at a neighboring high school. And I saw that I needed to make sure that I promoted the great things that were happening at that school. Okay. And so I saw, I started getting followers and people wanting to see. So as I saw what they wanted to see, I would show them more of what we had. Okay. So that just evolved whenever I arrived to Socorro Independent School District. And they were really high on promoting social media on the great things that were the district. Mm-hmm. So when I arrived to Socorro High School, um, it, it is what it is. The data speaks for itself. Okay. You know, we're a tier three campus okay. still. Okay. Uh, we had an 81% graduation rate. I cannot say this was happening or not, but I would hear horror stories mm-hmm. of nonstop bat- fights in the hallway. Yeah. So it was, it was a negative persona. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's not who we are. Esa comunidad, that community is a respectful one mm-hmm. because I know that there are tons of parents like my parents. And I know that we have great teachers there. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that used to be in the early 90s a national blue ribbon school. Okay. So I stated to myself, no, all we do is project the negative in social media. Mm-hmm. All we do is promote the negative. Mm-hmm. No, we need to promote the great things, all of us. It can't be one person. Mm-hmm. It can't be five people. Mm-hmm. It can't. It has to be all of us to promote the actuality that is Socorro High School. And at that moment, I needed to make sure that we all came together, the administrative team, and then everybody to keep on projecting that. And we have done that. Mm-hmm. We have promoted. If you go into our different Socorro High School Twitters and mm-hmm. Facebooks and Instagrams, everybody there. It's a collective. It's an agreement on that. It is not. The negative that should be spotlighted, but the great things that are happening. We agree that mission driven yeah. <laughs> is the only way to promote a campus. Sure. And our kids, we have a medical magnet. Mm-hmm. We have an early college. We just graduated in a year and a half, 96 students, three cohorts with an associate's and a high school diploma. That's awesome, man. That's what we need to promote. Yeah, we sure. need to promote that that. Sure, it's a low socioeconomic area. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's right next... Literally, it's next to the border. A lot mm-hmm. of our houses are next to the fence that Trump talks about. Mm-hmm. They're literally next to that iron fence. Okay. 
and we do home visits. Mm-hmm. Our teachers go with us, our clerks go with us, yeah. and we visit the houses. We say, congratulations, you're in mastery on EOC. Okay. Congratulations, you've got perfect attendance. Congratulations, you have A honor roll. Mm-hmm. We do all those home visits, and we see where our kids mm-hmm. live. That has also brought a different way of looking at us. Exactly. Because you need to know where the kids are coming from. That's true. And if you go to a trailer house with broken windows, with a mattress covering up the broken window Mm -hmm. in the cold, and that student has A honor roll, look at the adversity that they're fighting. Exactly. Yet, their grades are not suffering from that. So that has brought a paradigm shift at the adult level Mm -hmm. when they are are observing where our kids are coming from. So the district does a great job of promoting it. It's my job to make sure that everybody does the same thing as a collective, Mm -hmm. and we've done that. We've done the promotion of positive relationships with our students, positive relationships with the community, because teachers go out with us. You've seen it. Yeah. Teachers go out with us. The administrators go out with us. And we greet them to know that it's una familia. That's right. It's a family. And that's what that community is. It's a unity, a family with a mission. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and I heard this, and I'm going to steal it, so... But it said, you know, having having a being on mission driven or having a mission is not just about having a mission statement on the wall. It's about living it daily. And that's what you're doing. That's what your staff's doing. And you as as a head of that school, as a principal and the leader of that school, man, I because I've worked for good leaders and I've worked for bad leaders. But when you have somebody who who not just who not only tells people to do something, but you model it, man, that's that's where it's at right there. Because you're living it. You're living it daily, man. So that's awesome. Well, if you see that every Wednesday, um, if you all follow us on Twitter and Socorro underscore HS, um, every, the assistant principals came up with a great idea because, you know, we're so used to the whole thing of timeout, timeout, you know, yeah. referrals. To, so go, no, let's accentuate the positive, you know. And I kept talking to them about how can we promote that with the kids and the APs, the assistant principals, you know, Mr. Delgado, Mr. Hamilton that you met, mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Torres, Johnny. everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and they all came up with this idea and every Wednesday we spotlight kids. It doesn't matter what they did. It might have been a student that had been doing bad choices and all of a sudden had a couple of good weeks. We spotlight them. There you go. Uh, promoting uh, our theater group, the Teatristas, we spotlight them. And so it was a great idea. Not only that, but then the clerks came up with a great idea also of making sure that we spotlight people that support them. Okay. And so that's, we gave them a top dog award. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take much to it come doesn't. up with something. Yeah. But you know what? El gracias. Gracias por ayudarme. That's right. Thank you for helping me. That goes a long way because you know what? The job that we chose to be in, the pond we chose to fish in, mm-hmm. a lot of times doesn't have that kudos. doesn't have that slap exactly. on the back. Yeah. And right now, the team has done a great job coming together, making sure that we support each other, especially when we live in a big city of 2,439 kids mm-hmm. plus almost 200 adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And that's, I love that you said that because sometimes it's, it's the little things that make the big difference. Yes. So it's the, it's, you know, recognizing students, but man, you take it to a whole nother level, which I love. It's not just the students, it's the parents, it's, it's your staff, it's, you know, your paraprofessional staff, all of it, man. So so how has your school social media presence impacted your school? What tangible things have, have you seen as a result of what you're doing on social media? When this team arrived to our campus, it was something that the culture, as I stated earlier, was extremely negative, right? Mm-hmm. The common thread that I would hear from the students was, 
Our oh, socorro. Our oh, socorro. Our oh, poor socorro. We're ghetto. That would crush me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you have that feeling and that, that passion to make sure that, and I know that the team does, you know, we didn't want to live that. We didn't want to be at a place where everyone believed that and our customers, our kids believe yeah, that. For sure. And so with the promotion of the positiveness that the team has done nonstop, the promoting the A on a row, the A, B on a row, just going to games to support our, our students. We've been very blessed that thanks to the efforts in the classroom and the supports on social media for three consecutive years, our campus has gone up in the standardized test, the EOC awesome. for Texas, three years. For as I, as I heard in one of your podcasts and going out to different parts of the country, there's three ways you're rated. It's either approaches. You didn't pass, number mm-hmm. one, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. Approaches, which means you're kind of like at a D. Okay. Meets means that you're at, grade, you're at grade level. And masters means you're college and career ready. For three years in a row, all those have gone up. Our approaches, our meets, our masters have gone up. Not only that, but our graduation rate has gone from 81% to 89.1 in three years. That I attribute to the team effort of promoting the positiveness via social media and making sure that we provide them with tier one instruction inside mm-hmm. of the classroom with the game plan that we have. Mm-hmm. And the game plan is pretty much, we have the PSYOP strategies for our EL students. We use Sean Kane's Fundamental Five. That's our basic, basic foundation okay. for our campus. We use our AVID strategies and we use thinking maps. That is nonstop the same game plan. And I always, I, I always bring up the whole idea is that we can't hope. Mm-hmm. We can't hope because hope is what you say when you don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. And we do have a plan. There you go. And I like for, that. And for three years, three years, the game plan that we have has been successful. And I always use, whether we want to or not, the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, let's not talk about yeah, the noise. Yeah. You know what? It is what it is. Hey, well, Belichick, you got to respect exactly. that. You, you put it down mm-hmm. and is it working? Yeah. And our team has come together. It is a great PLC to see, mm-hmm. and it's been a success thanks to social media. I attribute 90% of that by making sure that the kids buy in. Very good. And they're on there, yes. right? They're on there. They see that. I guarantee you they they see, hey, man, I want to be on there. I want to get recognized. So you give them that carrot to, to go after, man. It's like that motivating thing. Like, look, because who doesn't want to be recognized? Even us as adults we love being recognized who doesn't and so think about a 15 16 year old kid who who is you know just dealing with an identity crisis who am i you know at home you know i get this and from teachers i get this but yet i have an administrator and i have a principal assistant principal who believe in me man that just fires them up it fires me up just thinking about it right now right. so that's it's great that you're doing that man uh so i want to point this out real quick uh when i was out there with you at socorro i remember that this this is what stood out to me when you uh Two things stood out to me. First one is the birthday, right? When you called the kids into your birthday, you, you gave them a piece of candy, and you just said, you know, Feliz cumpleaños. Man, I love that, because as a teacher, I remember you used to do that. I used to do that. And then the second thing is when you had your teachers write a, uh, write a letter to the student, and they read it to them. Yes. Powerful stuff, man. Yes. Powerful stuff. It's, um, like you said, I, I learned my second year in middle school, I was an eighth grade U.S. history teacher, that you take things for granted. And I started giving out thank you pencils, I mean, uh, birthday pencils to the kids. Dolar. Somewhere, I don't know where I lost Mr. I, I lost it somewhere. <laughs> I'm just Dolar. So yeah. I just became Dolar. Yeah. And he said, Dolar, 
That pencil was the only gift I got. Wow. Thank you. Boom. Yeah. Talk about an emotional punch in the throat. Yep. From that moment on, I've never stopped that because it's good for kids. Yeah. And that card, that paper that we give them might be the only thing that they get. That's and right. I, and I hear that every year. It's the only thing because we need to celebrate life because a day of life is something that is special that we take for granted. Exactly. And you know what? It's one of those things like the team, the team has always been supportive. All the teachers, everybody's been very supportive. When I say the team, just so that everybody knows it's us, it's we, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a collective. It's our custodial staff, our security, our clerks, it's we. And, and the team, you were there for the who I am student, mm-hmm. you know, and our team members select the student and they read to them and they say, you're the reason why I am a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so they describe in detail the kid, and it's just powerful. And I'm, and I'm glad that you were there to witness yeah, it. Yeah, man. Because a lot of times the, the team members break down crying. Mm, yeah. The student breaks down crying, and they're like, I, I, I never thought that you believed in us. And so that, like I said, that is the change, the mm. cultural change. Are we where we're supposed to be? No, mm. but we're not where we were. That's right. That's and, right. And it's taken a whole group to make sure that we move it forward. For sure. And, you know, doing things like that, Man, it just, you know, we live in a fast-paced society. You know, everything's quick and people want things fast. But to take out the time to actually write something and read it to them, the power in that, man, the power that you took the time out to do that, to pen these words, write heartfelt words, because they're genuine. Like you said, man, you know, I think it was a coach and one of his athletes that, that I witnessed. And I was like, man, this is powerful. And this is what schools need to be doing. I get the curriculum, man. I get the, hey, we got to have certain scores. But, man, it's about the heart. Because you think about education, it's about the heart. I, I, how can I impact this kid if if I can't even connect with this kid? So if I can impact his heart, I got him for everything else. At least that's what I believe, you know? Right. And, and I say this ad nauseum, and if you, you know, follow us at Socorro, at 4HS. <laughs> um, kids don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. That's right. And that comes, it's not just about kids. It comes about you working for somebody else. Because if you don't like your boss, you're not going to work for your boss. That's right. You're going to be calling in sick. Mm -hmm. If you don't like who you're working with, you're not going to put in 100% effort. And the whole thing is that kids know real quick whether or not you're real or you're phony. That's right. And they'll call you out on it by their actions yep. or how they relate to you. Exactly. So kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And all of this is part of the team philosophy that we have. For sure, man. That's awesome. So I already gave out two programs because those are the ones that just jump out to mind. I love seeing it. And in fact, uh, when I went and spoke at another high school in the area, not even in the area, but somewhere, I can't even remember what high school was, but they asked me, you know, hey, what things have you seen? I said, you got to do this. And this is what I saw in Socorro, in El Paso. You got to do this. So what other activities or programs does your school do that you're most proud of? You know what, AC? I'm, I've been very blessed to work with such a great group of people. And I'm, I can tell you that there is no one program. Just looking back every morning when I drive, it's a 25-minute commute from my home mm-hmm. to my, home, my second home. And there, every day, I'm very blessed that I work with such a talented group of people from the adults to the kids and seeing the nonstop 
progress of a whole community. That they're no longer saying, we're just a quarter to now saying, we will be successful. Mm-hmm. We will have associates and high school degrees. As a human being, as an American naturalized citizen to this country, I'm very blessed that I have a group of people that we have come together and we're making it a different place. That we're going to leave it better than we took it over. Because you know the longevity of my chair isn't that long mm-hmm. at the high school level. But I'm very blessed that yeah, I could mention the early college. I could mention our medical magnet, our fire tech academy. I could mention that we get together every month as a potluck and we send out thank you cards to mm-hmm. the kids. Um, and the teachers write down and now kids are saying, are you going to send me a thank you card? <laughs> I'm telling you, right? They look for it. Exactly. There you go. We have the mariachi come in and perform for the teachers, our, our state top top state mariachis Uh, we have all of these opportunities but as an as a educator for 26 years every day that I go to work I'm blessed because I'm seeing a change a paradigm shift of what it can be so I sit back and I sigh and I'm like this is cool Mm -hmm. do we have obstacles oh my God, For sure. we have tons of obstacles. Do we have challenges? Oh, tons of challenges. Do we have the human factor that gets involved? Oh, yes, we do. But you know what? In the big picture, when you turn around, if any of you have ever gone running, and this is the first time you broke the three-mile three mark, mm-hmm. and you turn around, you're like, I did that? Mm-hmm. You know, you look back and you're in awe of yourself, yep. right? When I turn around with the whole team and we look back at what we were and where we're at, I'm just blessed that it's a collective, a team effort. We had a a climate survey. Okay. And they had 88 questions this past year. Not this year, mm-hmm. last year. We had 88 questions on it from kids, mm-hmm. adults, and teachers. And out of those 88 questions, 80 of them all went up from the previous climate survey. It's awesome. 80. So there's something there that the team has agreed we're improving. Mm-hmm. So I'm blessed that it's just the change for the positive. Mm-hmm. That if the Lord takes me tomorrow, mm-hmm. we left it a better place. Okay. For sure. For sure. So um, in terms of, because you touched on this, and I, I like how we're, we're just flowing into this. Part of success is experiencing challenges. And I hope everybody who's listening understands that. Part of success, you go through challenges, you go through obstacles. So what hurdles have you and your campus faced, you know, and how did you overcome them? When you work in a 6A high school. Mm-hmm. And 6A for those people who are outside of Texas. It's over 2,200 kids. Okay. I believe that was a cutoff this year on the realignment. When, when you align high schools by sports. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's 2,200 and above. Working in a 6A high school with 2,400 kids. You see everything. From the glory of a kid going to MIT. Mm-hmm. To child abuse. One of the main challenges that we have is a language barrier. Okay. And part of the being an EL kid, mm-hmm. being a student that comes from poverty and from another country, I understand the obstacles that we have over 510 students that are considered EL students. Okay. And it's easy for people to just throw up their hands. Yeah. And say, well, they don't know. They don't get it. How are we helping society that way? Exactly. We're not. 
So one of the challenges is to make sure that the kids feel comfortable because the brain research tells us it's either fight or flight. Mm -hmm. As it is, those 500 kids that are coming in, it's in a flight mode because they're learning a brand new language. And having walked in their shoes, I understand what challenging it is. So we need to come together and make sure we feel, make them feel comfortable. Okay. So the very first thing is having that game plan, you know, mm -hmm. the fundamental five, making sure that we have those avid strategies to engage the different parts of the brain. Okay. And is the game plan working? Yes. Mm -hmm. Three years of growth. Yes, it is. Okay. So academically, having an 81%, 89% graduation, a lot of people say, that's great, you're moving up. But you know what? That's 11% that didn't graduate. That's, right. that's devastating. The year before that, we had an 87% graduation rate. Oh, you went up. No, that's 13% that didn't graduate that are in the streets without their high school diploma. Mm -hmm. The previous year, 84%. Oh, you went up from 81%. No, that's 16% that didn't graduate. Mm -hmm. That's devastating. Yep. Was there growth? Yes. But it's just a belief. It's just establishing that belief of success, making sure that the kids know, follow your big dreams. There you go. Do what you have to do. Be successful. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is us to show them we're here for you. We're going to support you. We care about you. Yeah. And I think that right now, drugs is something. Every high school. Mm -hmm. Go back to when I was in high school in the 80s. Mm -hmm. We had drugs. Every high school. I mean, Yeah, for sure. Faces that challenge. Parenting. I don't know. That To me, that goes... Parents are parents mm -hmm. because I still have awesome parents to yeah. support us. And then I've got parents that are wash their hands of mm -hmm. everything. I saw that when I was in high school in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So all I could do is make sure that we work together to motivate the kids. For us right now, academically, we have a foundation. But the EL situation mm -hmm. is something that is an obstacle. Okay. Having walked it. Making sure that we have support from the parents. We have it, but it's not what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Because parents run to elementary, mm -hmm. to the elementary Christmas yeah, program. For sure. And they get in fights with the, uh, with the, <laughs> with the principals because there's not enough room yeah, exactly. to go hear their kids sing. Yeah. But I don't need them there. Mm -hmm. As uh, Ms. Wilson stated to you in your other podcast, yeah. you know, I need you more. At the high school level. Yeah, I don't need you at the elementary level. Because kids are running to school in elementary. Kids are running away from school at the high school. That's right. So that's when I need you the most. So if there are parents out there at the high school level, I'm telling you, I need you there. I need you to be nosy. I need you to always go through your kid's cell phone. Yeah, I need you to sure. always be there and help out and guide our kids to be great members of society. There we go. Very good. Because it's so important and it shouldn't stop. I mean, more than anything, that should be the age where you should, hey, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. Even though, you know, adolescent psychology says that that's the age where, where you know, teenagers will say, I don't need you. That's a lie. Right. They need you. They, they do. Need you. And, you know, it's, I, I, we have this ongoing debate at our home where, oh, that's elementary. No, that's supportive. So whenever we give some, uh, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, an acknowledgement to a kid oh that's so elementary no that is acknowledging success and great strategies are taught at the elementary level mm. the little stations where kids don't understand so they go to that table over there that's reteaching that's yeah. RTI yeah. that's best practices yeah. 
And so, you know, those are the kind of things that we need to keep on perpetuating. Best, best uh, teaching skills, best practices to make sure that our society in the end has a great group of kids graduating. For sure. And that's part of culture, man. You know, I know you've, you've touched on that, in the, you know, in the, in these past, you know, 30 minutes. It's, it's culture. That's what you build in Socorro, a culture that, hey, we value you. You know, because culture essentially is practices, values, and beliefs. Right. So we value you. And what, what is our practice? Our practice is we do this every Wednesday. What is our belief? Our belief is that you can be successful. You see that? So that's your culture right there. And I love what you said right now. It's not elementary because me as a, as a college professor, man, just learning names. I tell my students, so I have about 40, 45 students. And I said, hey, by the second week of class, I don't know everybody's name. And when I do that, they're like, yeah, I don't know what other college course you're used to. But in my class, I know your name and I value you. So there's, those are things like that. I mean, imagine going to a kindergarten class and the teacher doesn't know that right. kid's name. You That'd know, horrible. Yeah. Like, What's wrong with uh, this lady? Where's John? Uh, who? <laughs> like, yeah, John, come on. So exactly, man. It's I love what you said that it's not elementary. It's just good teaching, educational practices, man. Very good. So I'm curious, man, and I'm sure there, there's people who are listening and people who are going to follow you on Twitter. Right? <laughs> Very good. So where do you get your, your ideas, man, to support your staff, your students and your parents? My best teacher in regards to some ideas, you know, education is a great profession to steal. Yeah, for sure. That we, we, we don't reinvent the wheel. We just take someone's idea and we make it our own. Exactly. And a lot of the things that I captured was that I'm very blessed. I had a mom that would do that. Okay. So I would see my mom at Jefferson High School and she would cut out helmets with her whoever her students were. She would make helmets and put their names and numbers and put them in her in her classroom. Cool. Okay. Cheerleaders. Uh, she would do a pom-pom and okay. put the cheerleader's name on there. And just to accentuate the positive there, making sure the kids are acknowledged for that extra time that they put in. And it's, you know, you just, you just look for ideas. I get them from the clerks. I get them from the assistant principals and from different people and say, hey, let's do this. Okay. And you just beg, borrow, and steal ideas from everybody else. We, uh, where I met you at yeah. TASSP, TA mm-hmm. we were at that conference, and we had little sessions of what do you do for culture? What do you do for culture? What do you do for climate? Boom! You just get those ideas and you make them your own. Very it's good. just those things that you just look around. The only limit that you have is your imagination. Mm-hmm. And when I see administrators saying, oh, I don't have time for that, well, then I guess you don't have time for positivity in your campus. I like that. <laughs> if you don't have time for that, because you know what? That gets rid of a lot of the noise. Yeah. Because this is a thankless job. Yeah. And you have to make it your mission to make sure everyone feels comfortable going to work. Yeah. You don't want to have people getting the key in the ignition and going, ugh, I got to go there and see that man. Ugh, I got to go there and see those 30 kids. Exactly. No, you got to make it a positive place. And it starts A to Z with the chair that you sit in. So it should be one of those things that are required for everybody that's in the administrative role, Mm -hmm. which is admin, which is department heads, Mm -hmm. to always promote the positive that's going on within your sphere of influence. Because it takes a team effort to create culture. That's good. It creates a team effort to do that. So some team members say, hey, can we do this? Let's go. As Jimmy Casa says, I don't like being a lid. Mm-hmm. I don't like stopping ideas. That's, That's right. So, hey, you want to do this? Real quick. Does it affect anybody? Is it? No. Let's go for it. Let's Let's do go. it. That's it's right. Good. It's good for people. That's right. It's oh, good for people. I hate that, you know, sometimes we just, you know, we 
tend to like kill creativity, man. I mean, if you have an idea, if it works, you know, if you want to play music or whatever, it's the little things, right? Right. And my thing, you know, when I was an assistant principal, was like, look, as long as you're taking care of the kids, I have no problem. Right. You know, you're taking care of the kids. I got you. The minute you're not taking care of the kids, that's when we're going to have an issue, you know? So if you want to try something, if you want to, you know, do this, you know, activity or whatever, and it's going to benefit our students, go for it. One of my mentors, Mr. Mata, Lorenz Mata, um, said, you know what, Josh? Let me tell you. If a teacher is wearing a pink tutu on roller skates, doing cartwheels with root beer floats on it, and the kids are successful, let them do it. Mm-hmm. You don't stop anything that's helping kids. So I agree with what you're saying. That was taught to me in the late 90s sure. by one uh, great administrator, Mr. Mata. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very good. So you have a platform, man. You know, you have people who follow you. You know, you're a leader, not just in title, but just in who you are as a person. So students, staff, parents, other administrators looking up to you. What is one of the most important pieces of advice that you could give to them as we start this new year? So this is 2020, man. Hey, you're going to be my first guest of 2020, bro. And I'm proud. I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm ecstatic that you're here. But so just think about this, right? I got my students here. This is what I want to make sure I let them know. My staff, this is what I want to make sure I let them know. So what important pieces of advice could you give? would you want to give to them? For 2020 and forever, I would say, Treat everybody as if they were your family member. Okay. Not a not a divisive family. <laughs> we've had those arguments, right? And, Depends what but, family member. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, treat your kids in class like they're your own. Yeah. Son tus hijos. Yeah. For those 45 minutes, or if you're on block schedule, hour and 20 minutes, son tus hijos. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your colleague next to you, that's your colleague, you know? You don't want to have a treat them like your uncle, like your cousin, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, in a positive way, obviously, yeah, for sure. always, because in the end you have to go to work the next day and see them. So it's what we choose. We can't assume that because they come in a crabby way or a bad attitude, what's going on at home. We don't know what's going on at home. We just gotta be able to be supportive. So for twenty twenty, the best advice is always go in there with a positive mindset. Never forget what your vision is. Mm-hmm. Our vision is to make sure that we have a 100% graduation rate, that we're National Blue Ribbon again, mm-hmm. and that we're an avid demo school. You know, that I okay. keep on preparing. Those are our mission. That, that, that's what our goal is, 100% mm-hmm. graduation rate this year, making sure that we're an avid demo school and that we're a National Blue Ribbon again. It was done before. We can do it again. That's right. And it, it all starts off, we're not in the biology business. Mm-hmm. We're not in the algebra business. Mm-hmm. We're not in the Kate business. We're in the people business. Yep. And so our students are people, and we need to respect them, we need to love them, care for them, and also our receptionist clerk, our custodial staff, mm-hmm. our head of security, everybody around us, and make sure that we create those positive relationships with everybody, because it takes a team effort okay. to make sure that we reach those goals. Yes, sir. What about for students, man? What would you want to, let's say there's some, some high school student, college student listening to this. Everything can be accomplished with ganas. Okay. Todo se puede. Everything that you set your mind on can be reached. You just need to believe in that person in the mirror every day. You need to make sure that you look at yourself and you say, I can do it. And you know what? You're going to have more adversity than positive 
as you're trying to reach that summit, that goal, but you can't do it. It can be done. If a poor student from another country can come to this country and become a high school principal, facing divorce in his family, being left alone in high school, if that student could lead, help lead a high school in the United States, todo se puede. That's right. Everything can be done. You just got to not lose sight of who you are and what your goals are. If you want to be the next marshmallow, you're going to be the next marshmallow as long as you want to. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the next gamer, I don't know any names of any me, gamers, me neither, but you know, they're making millions. <laughs> That's them. They're yeah, making millions. Exactly. Go. Reach your goal, but always have that plan B. Exactly. You have to have that plan B to fall back on because when you're 26, when you're 32, who's going to be paying your bills? You are. Yeah. You got to make sure that you have a strong foundation for being successful all the way around, especially if you're going to be a parent. Yeah. I came late to the parenting issue, as you could tell by my, my kiddos, my, my personal kids. And you know what? There's a paradigm shift to where you want to give them everything. Mm -hmm. Not too much, but you know, yeah, for sure. comfortable. And the whole thing is you need to instill that in them also. So as you're preparing, as I saw Virginia, my mom, as I saw Jesus, my dad, work their ways in a different country and take advantage of the positive, positive uh, uh, opportunities in this country, anything can be done. Don't give up. You see that? That's one of my hashtags yeah. on Socorro underscore HS <laughs> on Twitter is NGU. NGU. Never give up. We never give up. We've seen so many times. Tom Tom Brady, fourth quarter, does he still have a chance? He still That's has a right. chance. Very good. How many uh, number one ranked teams fall in the last minute shot? Mm -hmm. Never give up. That's right. You never give up. As long as you have a game plan, as long as you have the belief in self, and as long as you have belief in what your vision is, your mission, mm -hmm. it will be done. It sure. can be accomplished. Siga lechando ganas. That's you right. know, some people make, ha, 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 ganas. No, 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 no. I understand why people say that. Yeah. But you know what? It's an ultimate belief. I think that the equal translation would be grit. Yeah. Grit. But culturally, obviously from where I come from. Mm -hmm. We always tell that. Every parent tells their kid, Echele ganas, mijo. That's right. Echele ganas. Which means give, give effort. Yeah. Give effort. Exactly. Keep fighting. And that's and that's what I believe. You, student, you're talking to someone who came from poverty from another country. And the, the opportunities are there. You just got to make sure that you find them and you put in the work. All right, yeah. Man, I love, I love the passion. I, I need to start recording these podcasts, man, because, man, I love your passion as you're sharing that. In fact... You made the you made the trek. You made that drive from El Paso to Dallas, and I have to let you guys know, you listeners know, that is a horrible drive. I hate it. <laughs> I haven't done it in years, but I because I don't plan on doing it in years. But man, thank you so much for for driving here, you know, to the studio, making it, and just sharing your heart, man. And that's that's why I wanted you on here. Again, I love what you're doing at your school. I love what your staff is doing. I truly support that, and I know that it's making a difference in the life of the community. It's making a difference in the life of students, of staff, of parents. So thank you so much for that. But before we go, what do you want to plug, man? This is your time. I know you've been throwing out your, your Twitter uh, handle, well, but here it is, brother. Handle. It's, uh, you plug anything you want right now, man. 
And that that's just pretty much it. I just want you to check out the great things. And I think that other people have been satisfied. Um, we get I get emails. Uh, we were very blessed to be asked by Sean King to present at a national conference. Okay. And that was uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it has had to do with social media. And so please steal from us. Steal from the team. Go on our Instagram, your Instagram, at Socorro HS. If you're on Twitter, at Socorro underscore HS. Or on Facebook, uh, Bulldog Community Past and Present, because you need to understand who your audience is. Parents use Facebook. So I do stuff for parents on Facebook. Okay. Kids use Instagram. So I got to make sure I do nice pictures for them on Instagram. And the communication uh, community use Twitter. So if you're a fellow team member of mine, administrator, department head, check us out on Twitter. That's where I put the educational stuff. If you're on Facebook and you want to see more touchy-feely stuff, that's on Facebook. Okay. And Insta- kids, pictures of kids with certificates, that's for you on Instagram. There you go. So follow us, steal from us, because you know what? It's best practice to make sure that our kids are happy, because kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Very good, brother. Hey, thanks again. My pleasure. This won't be the last time, brother. I may, ha- I may have to go to El Paso, but I'm not driving. I'm going to have to fly out there <laughs> and do a podcast again, brother, because I know. You know what? Because I know you're going to hit that. Your, your staff, your, your school's going to hit that 100% graduation rate. And when we do that, we'll have to get on the podcast to say, hey, oh, these sure. are the thank steps, bro. So thank, thank you, you so much. much, man. Happy New Year. God yeah, bless you and your family, brother. God bless you, too. Thank you very much for this uh, opportunity. Thank you for what you gave back to Flagship. We appreciated you there. I always bring up your message to our students it's not a message of one-time visit it's an ongoing thing so have a great 2020 ac thank you for what you're doing you're doing god's work so keep on pushing ahead and i know follow your victory thanks man appreciate that and that's it for episode 18 of mission driven with ac cristales hope you all enjoyed the interview with josh tovar could you feel that passion man i'm telling you that's the type of enthusiasm and passion that our educational leaders need not only that that man has vision and as the good book says without a vision the people perish we need to make sure we provide our students with a roadmap on how they can succeed not only academically but also in life remember you can connect with Josh Tovar on Twitter at Socorro underscore HS. Again, at Socorro underscore HS. He would love to help you out. Now, next Monday, the 13th, January 13th, the video and audio interview with Dr. Adam Sands will be out. But tomorrow, Wednesday, January 8th, my keynote speech from November will be released in its entirety on YouTube. So check that out. You don't want to miss that video. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Truly, truly, truly appreciate your support. As always, the mission is now, so remain mission-driven. Until next time, faith, hope, love.